It's everyone's favorite show about all things Utah. A show where four hosts, and sometimes a guest, discuss whatever they want regarding Utah, and mostly stay on topic. It's the new Utah Podcast, with your hosts, Bree, Chris, Jeremy, and Jessica. Jessica. That was making me laugh how serious you sound. Jessica. <laughs> no, that's and Michael. Jessica. Maybe I should do like deep voice guy. Or the PR voice. Welcome to the new Utah podcast. Welcome to the new Utah podcast. Well, not not the 900 number of voice, Jeremy. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, it's episode 219 of the new Utah podcast. Um, this episode is brought to you by the letter H for hot as balls. Um <laughs> It is hot. 104. 104 today. Broke a record. The last record was 102, well, for, last for, week. For yeah. this day. Yeah. The last day of July as we record this. Yes. Early. Yep. From the history of Utah, so whenever they started keeping track of weather, 18, whatever, 1889, something like that, this is only the 12th day it's ever been this hot. What? It's triple digits in Utah all the time. You mean and the 12th the, July day? The 12th day in all of the history that we've hit 104. So 12 oh. times we've hit 104 in Utah's history. We've gotten hotter. Yeah. But the actual 104. Oh, okay. Because you're making it sound like we're on this day. Yeah, this Cause, day, cause the we last have time was 2000 was yeah. well, 102. Although, to be fair, we don't usually get much hotter. Like, this is pretty towards the top. Like, the hottest temperatures are maybe like 110. So 107 a crazy was year. the highest recorded for okay. Salt Lake. St. George, different story. I think 160. Oh, fuck. St. George is a Didn't you like, tell me it's 112 there today? Yeah, it's 112 yeah, so, there today. St. George gets 120 easy sometimes. Yeah. Well, I don't know about easy, but. It gets there. Yeah, it's like 70 to 80 in the winter in St. George. Yeah. So. Well, St. George is close to Vegas, so it it's shares. Consi- it's considerably closer to the tropics than yeah. we are. And also say, low desert. Needless to say, it's warm today, and it's going to be warm for the next few days. Yeah, it's fucking brutally hot. Like, I, I had to change the dog's pool water today because it was warm. There's not a lot of water, but it's only been out there in the same spot for two days, and I, I needed to move it anyway, but the water was, like, warm. She wasn't even getting in it. <laughs> no hot tub for her. <laughs> she has been today, though. After I changed it, she's like, yay, cold water to play in, and I put it in the shade this time, so maybe it'll stay cooler a little even bit better. longer. My garden, like, the zucchini is like, fuck you, son, I got this, and, like, is in full, like, erect bloom, like, leaves out. Every other plant in the garden's like, oh my god, son, just chill out. They're like all completely drooped over their bases. Like they look like they're going to die. I finally got cucumbers. We got two cucumbers this week. First ever of the year, which is weird because usually by now you've got. I have zero. A ton. I have zero. I, I did have to replant three cucumber plants twice. Yeah. So I have a shitty dog. And next year we will start the garden with a fence, and maybe it'll do a lot better. Yeah. Well, and this year, we've talked about it a couple times, but I think it's just because of the whole COVID thing. We were dealing with last year's picked over seeds, and that, that couldn't help. Whether or not that's the, the problem, I don't know, but it, it can't help. Yeah, it definitely can't. Um, what about you, Jess? How have you been dealing with the fucking heat? Well, I decided to work on my deck on the hottest day of the summer, uh, which is actually why it's been such a slow process. Like it took me a month and a half to dig the grass out because my backyard is direct sun until about five o'clock in the evening, actually probably like 630. And so um, fortunately, my friend's husband 
had a, a canopy that he brought today, and that probably saved us. Um, we have a canopy if you want to borrow oh, it. Well, he left it. Okay. He left it sitting up, so hopefully it's not windy the next couple of days. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we <laughs> but, have a pretty easy like pop canopy that you can. Yeah, use. Yeah, that's so. just what he brought over. So he just left it. He'll be back on Wednesday, I think. But also, also, apparently, it's not the fucking cord. I don't know if you guys heard that pop just now. Uh, uh, I did. Darn it. Uh, anyway, so this last week, um, I stained three quarters of my new deck and I stained over the old deck. The old deck went really dark. It looked really pretty, but there are six boards in the middle of the deck I'm replacing because I'm extending it out. And I was like, oh, this is going to look really dumb. So we decided, my aunt was like, well, why don't you just flip the boards over since you haven't stained them before and see how it looks? Well, unfortunately, the ends of the boards are completely rotted. And so I replaced the whole floor. So, say, so now they're, they're no longer there. <laughs> yep. So I have, a, I got a third of it done today. Um, we have to cap my, one of my sprinklers because we're built, the new frame will build out like right where it's at. So I'm kind of at a standstill with that right now. But I did get a stair built, uh, one of the three stairs, but it's like the main stair that's in the little alcove. So it's very exciting. That's what I did in the heat. <laughs> yeah, you're crazy. You, uh, you cray cray, baby. Yeah. Especially when I get heat exhaustion. Like I I got sick in the middle. I like had to go inside for a little while. But do you guys ever watch Baby's Kids? Did you ever see that show? Baby's kids, yeah. like a million years ago. We, it's old, yeah. We baby's <laughs> kids. We don't die. We multiply. I was back when it was okay to like make cartoons about black kids in the ghetto. Yeah, I don't think that cartoon would fly quite as well. Now. What was that one? That was the claymation that uh, Eddie Murphy did the voice to it, and he's the janitor in that Projects apartment. Oh, the Projects. Is it? Is it? Yeah, the, or the PJs. The PJs, yeah. yeah. living in the PJs, the that projects. Horribly racist. Yes, it was. It was funny. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. <laughs> but it was okay to watch back then, I guess. I don't know. Oh, uh, man. Old cartoons. I love cartoons. They're like... My, one of my favorites right now is F is for Family. Um, I've Bill, seen the previous part, but I haven't oh seen it. Oh, my God. One. It's Bill Burr. <laughs> and it says he, he's he's a big writer for it, uh, and he's the lead character. And it's uh, it's like... 1970s slash 80s, like dude works at an airport in a shitty little town in Texas, um, for a Mohican Airlines. Mohican Airlines. <laughs> and they're like, because it's like the 70s and they're smoking in the airplane and like. I remember those days as a kid. Yeah. That's great. It's next door neighbors, like a cokehead. Smoking an airplane? In the airplane. Yeah. And what was It funny, always reminds me of Golden Child wait, wait. when he flies you to You say Nepal. I remember those days like you were flying on business trips in the late 70s. Yeah. So you were not flying on business trips not, in the late 70s, Jeremy. Not business trips, but trips. So we would fly. So we lived in Iowa, but we would fly out every summer to Idaho to visit my grandparents for the 14 years that I grew up in Iowa. So I remember in the late 70s, early 80s, Smoking and non-smoking, like it made any freaking no. Difference. Like you would go to a restaurant, and they're like, uh, "Smoking or non-smoking?" You're like, "Non-smoking, please." And they'd sit you down, and like, and Denny's was notorious for this. And then next to you, there's a piece of glass yeah. with a hole about six inches between the glass and the booth, and the people right next to you are smoking. Yeah, like I thought I was in a non-smoking section, but I'm right next to a smoker. And the bowling alleys. As oh a yeah. Kid. <laughs> You open the door and that haze is... Just people smoking their asses off everywhere. I mean, that's 
like I, I yeah, I grew up in Wyoming, so even as the Clean Air Act in the like mid to late nineties was taking hold across the country, Wyoming was like Fuck no. But it was slow though because when I worked for Bennigan's back east, it was still that was oh, yeah. like two I mean two thousand two thousand and one and we still had smoking sections. So. Yeah, as as always, California kinda led the way right. with the non smoking. Well and, and Idaho, so I remember being in high school and out of high school, I'd go to visit my grandparents and we'd go whatever. They were still smoking. So this would have been nineties. Mm, my my grandma six, smoked six, until the day she died in her home. My great grandparents, ninety two and ninety four, smoked till the day they died. And my my great grandpa started smoking because he worked in a mine when he was twelve. Oh. He started smoking. I fucking started smoking too. And he worked in a mine from the time he was twelve. My uh, my grandma. <laughs> my grandma. My grandma. My grandpa died of emphysema, bronchitis, dementia, Alzheimer's, like all the bad things that a life full of smoking will probably give you. He had them all. My grandma had zero of them. They were together their whole life. Like, and my grandma, like, I went to visit her long after my grandpa had passed, and she was still smoking. And like, it's not like a smoke once a while. You know, no, all all day. day. Like the cigarette was always like, lit. Light she one sat, off the butt of the yeah. Other. But and like, she didn't necessarily smoke the whole thing all day. But she would have you know like puff puff sitting at the coffee table, set it down, <clears> and it would sit there and burn smolder. a long ash trail all the way up. And when she was ready to smoke again, and then she'd be like, "Oh, the cigarette's gone. Light up another one." When we, I remember when my my great grandparents passed away, and we went to help clean out their house. You're taking pictures off the wall, and it's like, and you can see the outline from the, the tar smoke, yeah. on the walls. And it was the worst for like electronics, like computers and TVs. Oh my god, it was so bad that for electronics. Film that would build up on the oh. TV, and yeah, that's uh, smoke. And we used to do that everywhere, like. There's a some sort of a picture that's going around on social media where it's actually two windows next to each other where the wall in the middle is two different tenants. So one's a, and one's a smoking tenant and one's not. And one window is like literally orange and the other one is just clear. Yeah, that's it's uh, it's uncanny, folks. We've been put we were putting that into our bodies. I was a smoker. I didn't. I was a heavy smoker for a long time. My I started smoking at like twelve. Yeah. Like bowling alleys, bowling alleys. I remember all the dudes and they're big old stogies. And and you'd come home and you'd smell like smoke. Oh shit! So when I was a kid, I, I you know I cleaned bars in high school. What are you talking about? <laughs> and it's our <laughs> intro. Yeah, this is, we ain't got nothing better to talk about right now. No, we kind of actually do. I but I cleaned bars and I didn't realize until like my junior year of high school that I smelled like a fucking ashtray and booze all, all the day. time. Like I could because you could like you get nose blind to it because that's just what you smell like. But I smelled like an ashtray and now and then I'm thinking back I'm like, fuck! I looked dirt poor. I wore the same clothes all the time, and I always smelled like cigarettes and booze. Like that is <laughs> everything about me was was like poor white trash, white trash. kid. Because that's what it was. Memories. But you do what you got to do to survive, right? Um, I guess that's good for the intro. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I didn't ask why. I asked how we got talking. About uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how we progressed to smoking, but we did. I guess we'll have to listen and find out. Uh, yeah, that won't that's happen. funny. <laughs> Unlike other conversations that you have in the normal world, you can actually play this one back. <laughs> yeah. Boy, I'm, I'm sorry, listeners. This is. I promise this is a show about Utah. Um, we'll be talking to a guest a little bit later. Um, but, uh, do we have any events in the hottest of hot motherfucking hot days? No, okay. just keep the, just the farmer's markets are still going. It might we haven't be, talked about them for a little, 
That's true. So. Yeah, they are still running. Um, even though it's 150 degrees tomorrow, they will be open. So you have Ogden, Park City, Lehigh. You will get stabbed. Eagle at the Mountain. Ogden South, South Jordan's doing this, right? Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's so tiny, though. Um, Wheeler Farm. Downtown Wheeler Farm. The Harriman one up by Daybreak. Mm hmm. I don't go out that way. Yeah, I, I only sure go out that way still. when I get cookies. I don't know. <laughs> I did learn don't don't walk the Ochre Park Loop in the the summer in the middle of the day. That's no. a bad so idea. hot. Oh God, it's brutal. Um, so yeah, the markets are still open. Go go buy fresh produce from what? people. Cherries are done, right? Uh, I'm still seeing some in the stores. There were a little bit were last, last week. Yeah, but I don't know. But not a lot. Got to be down to the there, end of them. Yeah, because it's getting, it's too hot for cherries to continue zucchini. to exist. It's zucchini time. It is getting close to time for like apples. Your stone fruits are probably really picking up now because it's, it's the heat of the summer. My Armenians have finally started to vine yeah. and they're going up. My trellis, I'm so That's, excited. I, my cucumber plants are starting to climb some of my fencing, so I'm, I, we'll see if they I almost gave up on them, but I just kept my cabbage plant going so that the bugs would eat that and not everything <laughs> else because they basically ate my cabbage plant. Yeah, so. the, the earwigs seem to love potato plants. They go to town on the potatoes. You can, I, there's a trick to catch earwigs. It's yeah, you fill a bowl with oil. And soy sauce. Yep. And they go right and in it, it works. And, and they it's drown. the weirdest thing I ever. I did it like a couple years ago because we had a real bad earwig problem a couple years ago. And I'm like, what the hell am I supposed to do? So I look it up and I find that and I put two bowls with um, with uh, um, just like vegetable oil and soy sauce in them. And the next day there were like, it was like a freaking genocide. There were like 200 of those damn things <laughs> in those two. And they were just like crappy, like disposable bowls. Hmm. Just anything that they Ha- can't climb back out of the oil just oiled. get on yeah. and it's too slippery they yeah they get can't out. get out it's great um but we do have earwigs and i don't know why but we have them they're the grossest looking harmless things out there they're nasty they do look disgusting though they're like half centipede half something else ant with pincers like sort giant pincers funky little well, yeah. they're harmless i mean they'll eat your plants they'll eat the leaves of your plants they don't really eat the fruit but ugh. Um, yeah, so go to the farmer's markets, I guess. Get some (laughs) non-earwig eating fruit. That was some transition there, (laughs) babe. Onions. Onions are in, I think. Now I saw some people at the market with some big-ass onions, so I'm pretty happy. Uh, I did find cooks at the market, uh, so I'm excited because that's the one with the Mexicans that I always buy stuff from. The Uh, one that's always on the north uh, west corner? Yeah. Do they have any meat products this year, or is it just... Oh, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of ranchers there. Canyon Meadows is my favorite. I actually just bought four steaks from them a couple weeks ago, but I'm waiting for my new grill, so... Use my new new grill today. Can cook it on my old one, but... Did I tell that story? I, yeah, you did. Did I? Oh, yeah, yep. that's right. It was last weekend, and this is... It, it's weird, folks. We're recording two episodes in a week, not on the same day, but because we have a uh, a special interview, so we're recording a little bit earlier, so it feels like it's the same week, and it's, it is, <laughs> but anyway. It's neither here nor there. Um, let's talk about some, some uh, news and events. Not events, because we already skipped those, because there aren't anything going on. So let's talk about some news. Um, Jeremy found a bunch of stuff for us to talk about. I did. So. I found some stuff. I, I didn't even have time to look at this because I promised myself I'd be done at 3. And so, you know, in normal style, I got done at 3.30. 4, 5. <laughs> it um, was 
Uh, so a family down in Utah County has proposed uh, that they create a life jacket loaner station. And th- these are those two girls, those two high school girls that drowned this last spring in Utah Lake. In Utah Lake, and it's their families. So what it is is it's it's kind of like a a billboard station where they're going to get people to donate life jackets. So they want to have as many as they can get, but like 10, 12, whatever, life jackets on this board that anybody that's going out on the lake that doesn't have one can borrow one and use it. And to be clear, it's law that if you're in a boat, you should have a life jacket per every person on that boat. And the two girls that drowned, they were, weren't they in like a little inflatable raft or something like that? Yeah, from like yeah. Walmart. Yeah. And it, then, they were like inner, tu- like inner tubes. Yeah, they were probably like in, uh, you know stuff that was meant for a pool. A pool. Yeah, and they got out there, and then that horrific storm, and I remember that storm. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Rolled in, kind of came out of nowhere. But anyway, so this this is the family, and they want to do it uh, in memory of those two girls. I, I thought it was cool. I, I'm trying these days, I know we're all trying these days, to find... It, it says in this article, the sheriff's office said that they went floating with pool toys. Yep. Yeah. A little, little arm wings. Trying to find just some positive... Find some positive Things stuff that people are doing. Not that these girls' journey was positive at all, but what the family No, it is. Doing. If we get a life jacket board out of it, it was totally worth it. It's cool. <laughs> I'm so Well, up crass. at Bear Lake, they actually will... The, they have a uh, Coast Guard. Yeah, they have the Lake Cops. Yeah, and they'll come around and like we were up on North Beach. This was last summer, I think. They actually came over and like made everybody get out that didn't have life jackets on. Get out of the water? Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow, even on the beach? Like just. Well, no, like in. so have you or been you, to North Beach? Yeah, so like waiting in past the. It ha- Yeah, and it has quite a shelf. Yeah, you have to go but, like 300 yards out. That's why people like Bear Lake is those beaches because they're so. They're so long and shallow. That's why Bear Lake stays as warm as it can. Yeah, uh, it was really... well, and they have it pretty pretty well marked too. You know where you are and where you need to. Yeah, so they were out past the like boundary rope things. Yeah, probably I guess because was... they they were probably driving around on their boat. Chris and I decided to buy life jackets this year so that we didn't have to like holy or shit. They're they were expensive. Like, also. Hard to find this year. Right, because everybody's everybody getting boats and kayaks. You know what else? Yeah, and kayaks and, and paddle boards. Were and like, bikes. Yeah. Bike yeah, it was hard to find so our bikes. Jonathan's bike. So, like, right when all of the COVID crap hit, we'd been promising him a bike because the one he's got is quite small. Mm-hmm. Man, we had to search to find him a yeah, bike. Yeah, they went, like, because everyone's like, well, shit, we can't do anything but exercise outside. Better get exercise outside toys. It was pretty lucky. We went to um, Sierra, and we were walking around there, and they had a bunch of extra, extra larges. Yeah, found a fat kid life jacket for 30 bucks at Sierra. Nice. Yeah, so then we Thanks we for went- throwing out my fat kid size right on the air. So then we went to, um, had well, to get now, some quad X now life jackets. If, now, if anybody wants to buy Chris a t shirt or whatever, he, uh, and Jess, then they can buy them. Um, I think Jeremy's medium. I'm small. <laughs> um, I don't know. What size are you? Medium or, medium or large. It depends on the shirt. I'm what they call husky. Husky. <laughs> this shirt I'm wearing is a medium. This is, a, this is, this is stuff people want to send us stuff. My now. underwear are small. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> anyway, so we went everywhere and couldn't find anything, and we ended up. Where were we? Uh, we went to sport, no. the, I don't know. What I can't a, remember. Whatever. Whatever. Anyway, I'm sports like, authority. Dicks sports. It's no, it Dicks. wasn't Dicks. Yes, was it, it Dicks? is. It's yes, Dicks. it was Dicks. It was. You're right. We went to Dicks, and they had some really pretty ones that 
uh, were way too small for me. Like they were like women's extra small or something. And I was like, okay, I'm not that small, but they were really pretty and like a hundred bucks. And I'm looking at the men's and they're like 50. I'm like, this is this. So I looked it up. I'm like, what's the difference between a men's life jacket and a woman's? And they're like, nothing. nothing. It's pink. Nothing. Which I don't like anyway. (laughs) So we actually came home and from buying the bicycles, we bought our bicycles both with Chris's phone number and he had a big discount. And so we were able to get me a life jacket for about 30 bucks. Shields, 10 bucks. Shields has them. Oh, that's right. Big five. Oh yeah, big five and Shields. Yeah, hat has them is, is in air quotes because... They were all fucking out of everything. And if yeah, you like they didn't bullets, have anything in my size. So even if I was willing to pay a hundred bucks, there wasn't one. That the was only place you can find bullets is Sportsman's Warehouse. So I believe it. They are hard to find right now. Too many people gearing up for the apocalypse. <laughs> um, also, something that's happened. Um, speaking of gearing up for the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is funny. Jeremy was telling me about this right before. Okay, we started. so so the thing right now it, with with teens is to dress up as an old person because everyone's wearing masks put on the mask go into a liquor store and buy booze and then post it on your twitter your tiktok your whatever uh and this is seriously a thing and when when i looked at the article and i was looking into it it showed pictures of these tables like just Uh just full full of liquor and these kids are and and there's tutorials on how to look old and do a wig or do your hair and do all this stuff. And, and it, they're, they're going into liquor stores. And, and what it says is when they, they're asked for their ID, they pretend like they don't have it or it's in the car. Oh, it's in my car. And I guess they just let them buy it. But it's a thing. However, there's a handful of these kids that have gotten in serious trouble because they're posting it on social media. Yeah. Well, and I bet you places are now, now that they know that, are cracking down and being like, I don't care. You're 90. It's like on Little Rascals when the little kids like stand on top of each other to go into the bank. (laughs) Yeah. Dressed up like the Amish guy. Uh, There's a, this reminds me. So I had a team meeting today. Uh, I took my team out to a park to give them lunch and some awards for uh, last quarter. And we get out to this park and like it's a big pavilion with lots of tables. And there were like a million fucking kids there. And I don't know. They must have been from like the gym nearby or something. But there were like probably 20 kids and three or four chaperones all like hanging out together, playing, which, you know, great kids play. But it's coronavirus time. None of them were wearing their masks. They had them around their neck, but none of them had the masks on. And they were doing like the parachute thing. And at one point, the parachute, the, thing? you know, the giant parachute thing that every like kids do in school with the giant thing that you go oh, out oh, and stuff. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. yeah. And and they did the like throw it up in the air and go underneath it. And I'm like, oh, that's just the best way to spread COVID hot, right there. Hot boxing COVID. Hot box of uh, twenty kids underneath a parachute. That's a great way to spread COVID. Also at that park, when we pulled up, uh, one of my uh, employees gets out of his truck and he's like, oh, hey, that's real nice. And he looks down and I'm like, why did you throw that condom out of your truck when you got out? <laughs> There's a fucking used condom just hanging out in the that's parking funny. lot. So one more thing on this interview. And we weren't in Kearns for the record, just so everyone yeah, knows. Yeah, they were out south. One more thing from this article and then we can move on to the next one. No. But they gave an example of a girl, a blonde girl, it says, was sharing makeup tips on how to make yourself look older. Had 1.5 million views before it got taken down. Crazy. Wow. Uh, speaking of booze, um, Jeremy thought it would be cool to talk about pie and beer pairings two <laughs> weeks after Pioneer Day. 
you can't ever go wrong with that. No, you can but, do that all year long. But really, he's like, I know it's like a week late. I'm like, no, dude, it's two weeks late at this point. Like, you missed the boat. Like, well, we did fireworks. He's like, I was just trying to find really cool stuff. I'm like, I know, but this was out for Pie and Beer Day specifically. It was. So I'm a tad behind, but I That's still right. thought it was kind of cool. So uh, a bunch of local breweries um, uh, set up recommendations for pie and beer pairings. So on these pies and beers, what um, do we, are you just going to read through the list, Jeremy? Well, I just want to go through. So, for example, this was Bohemians. This is Fishers. This is, so I just wanted to say what each... What each brewery said? Said was... I'm just going to vote on the pie because beer's gross. So I can tell you the beers that I like the best, too. So Bohemian was the their Kolsch Kohn-style pale lager, basically their Kolsch lager. With a blueberry pie. Uh, that, that could work because uh, the ale is a German ale with yeast, apple, and pear esters. Low bitterness, almost no noticeable hop notes, sweet grainy malt, medium light body. Which is I, why you I like Kolsch's, because I you don't like hops. I love their Kolsch. It's I like so Kolsch. Good. I had so many of those on the cruise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm surprised you remembered what you had on the cruise, Jeremy. Um, there was only two times that I got, like, wasted drunk. No. Yeah, you were just basically a nice, solid... Can you believe that's alcoholic. been a year since you guys did that? Yeah. I know. We, we were, were just talking, thinking about that. We were talking about it earlier. Like, it was, like, a year next week, basically. Yep. So, Brie and I have been engaged for about a year. The wedding is is in the plans. I wonder if that blueberry would be good with a blueberry pie, or if no. that's too much blueberry. No, because the blueberry would taste horrible because it was. Oh, true. Too it's bitter. notes of blueberry, and then you're having a blueberry pie. So, so you'd be carrying. It'd be like eating something with sugar and something with yeah, that's sweetener true. in it. Yeah, it's like it's like oh, I'm going to eat a cookie and wash it down with a soda. It's not a good combo. Good, good, good point. Uh, so Fisher Brewing, their cerveza and a key lime pie. You know that. Okay, look, I'm sure that works well because lime goes really well with cervezas, but that seems like the cheapest garbage <laughs> pairing. Like that was like, oh, uh, we have a cerveza that will go good with lime. <laughs> Like, that's kind of how that one feels. Like, the Kolsch with the blueberry, that feels like there's some thought there. <laughs> the Heber Valley Brewing Company says their Heber Hazy IPA Blech. with uh, peach, peach pie. pie. Which you just, I'm surprised you didn't let that, too. Uh, yeah, both of them. <laughs> so it's my microphone. I don't hear anybody else crackling as much as me. Um, I, I just don't like IPAs, Maybe you should guys. turn me down. It's nothing. I, I had like. to turn you up because you were too quiet earlier. I actually, I think I figured out maybe what's causing it. So I don't like IPAs, and now they have like the double, triple, quadruple IPAs, which is just like, they're just draining the hops directly. It's basically <sighs> a Josh beer. Hop juice. <laughs> Hop juice. You should stop turning you your face to talk to... Hop juice. Uh, okay. You should stop turning your face to talk to Jeremy because your mic's not in his direction. That's true. So anyway, uh, Keto's. Man, I love the Keto stuff. And I don't know why they chose Amber L and Apple Pie because their coffee cream ale would go fantastic with they almost They also have a lot pie. of citrus ones that would probably be really awesome. I don't think I've had Like if you did... Get there, you would like their coffee cream. It's really good. It's a darker beer, but it is delicious. And I think that would go wonderful with a lot of pies. I'll have to try that. Uh, let's see. Level Crossing. They're saying Suss It Out Rye IPA and Sweet Potato Pie. 
I could see that, like a bitter hoppy IPA with a sweet potato pie. I could definitely well, see that. You usually that. have like a rye bourbon in down in that area where yeah. you would have sweet potato pie. sweet potato so pie is not as sweet as regular pie. Sweet potato pie is basically pumpkin pie. Yeah. Yeah, it's, so it's that, very that might similar. Be right. In fact, if you make pumpkin pie with squash, it's, it's actually even better. better. It's actually really good. It just looks funny because it's not kind orange. of an offish color. Roja but. Brewing says they're americano and a fruit pie of any kind. Hmm. So what is their what is their americano? It's just an American L. Oh, three deep American L with oh with the added flavor of local cold brew coffee. Hmm. Wow, they're americano. Huh? Do they say who they use? Uh, it doesn't say uh, in this. I'm going to look it up, though. While you continue with roosters, I will find out who the hell. <laughs> uh-huh. how you, I love coffee brews, especially um, like an ale, because most coffee brews end up being like stouts. Like Keto's is a stout. I think it's coffee cream stout, oh, so it's stout. but it's really good. Um, and I like stouts, but isn't it 801 that does that coffee one? Well, Uinta did a special small batch of 801 Pilsner where they did Publix cold brew with 801. Uh, and it was like, I, I would drink that all day, every day if I could. <laughs> that beer is so good. So this, this Americano, it's saying with specifically apple, cherry, or berry pie. Yeah, fruit, what it's a fruit saying. pie. So a fruit pie. So, okay, so let's Not see. a banana cream pie. Even though that's a fruit pie, it's more well, of a cream I, pie. We were having this discussion, like, about stuff. I don't think a, ban- a banana is like some weird kind of fruit. Too. It's a fruit. I know, but it's a weirder kind of but fruit. Why don't they make a kiwi pie? Pie because I take a lot of kiwis. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It would just be a. Tar- it would be tart. It would be super delicious. You'd have to. Yeah, you'd have to offset it with something. Hmm. I'm looking to see. I'm gonna look too. All right, you look on that. You look on that. I'll move on to oh, Americano's a seasonal beer. What season is it for? With the Probably coffee? Fall. Yeah, they have, it's one of their seasonal beers, but it, and it doesn't say anything about... It's probably a fall beer. Fuck you guys, Roja. Put more information about <laughs> your beers on here. I want to know where the coffee comes from. That's an important question. Okay, moving right along. Fucking assholes. <laughs> <laughs> so Roosters is saying uh, Roosters, Ninerbach, and a pecan pie. Ooh, that would be good. I think that would be pretty good for sure. Isn't Ninerbach um, like a... It's sweet, roasty caramel notes of this Doppelbach compliment. Yeah, it's going to be like a like um, like kind of a nutty brown ale is what that would be. Like a red ale maybe? Uh, no, more like a like a nut brown. Like um, what the hell's the name of the one from California? It's a really good nut brown. But yeah, it's more of a nut, brown. There's a nut brown hair. No, what? It's a it's in a book. It's a Chinese. No, it's a book. brown nut hair. It's different. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that our viewers or listeners want to hear about your brown nut hair. <laughs> Bree doesn't have nuts. I do. It does say. I do. <laughs> says that the if roosters. You didn't know from the last four years of listening. <laughs> the roosters has a higher alcohol content, which helps cut the sticky mouthful of pecan pie. Mm. I don't like pecans, so, so I, I like it too. I like um, my favorite. Oh my gosh! What is little the name known of that fact? Pie it's chess like? pie. And chest, a little known you. fact: pecans are my favorite nut. So and I would have a pecan tree if I thought. Because I don't. A little tree. known fact: because I don't like pecans. If you don't like pecans, but you kind of want to have that same thing, a chess I had pie. that pecan tree that was doing well till Julia killed it. 
wasn't producing Damn pecans. You, she was actually starting to produce pecans. Are you fucking serious? And then I asked her to weed, and she didn't want to, so she's round up around the tree to kill the weeds. Oh, no. And it killed the tree. God, your daughter sucked, dude. <laughs> but yeah, it was that Pam. Actually, I think it was that specific daughter that also pulled up all your cucumbers. No, that was, no, that was, was that Maya. Maya. Okay, that's why I said Pulled his daughter sucked. Yeah, so your, your daughter sucked, man. Uh, the last one on here is from Zion, uh, and it's conviction stout and chocolate pie, and that that does make sense. Like chocolate and and a stout beer would go really well together. The richness of the chocolate being cut by I've the never been a big fan of beer. stout. Ooh, I love a good stout. I like well, Guinness. Stout is for probably you? my most tolerable okay. beer. If really? I had to drink, it would be a stout. So, I have a question. I want to know how well you guys know me, because I'm pretty sure I've said this on the podcast before, but I know I've told people before. You can't answer, because if you didn't get this right, we'd have a problem. <laughs> You're engaged to me, and, and you know. <laughs> what is my favorite pie? Banana cream. Or key lime. No. Boston cream. <sighs> That's not a pie. <laughs> I don't care if it says pie. <laughs> I do love a Boston cream pie, but it's technically a cake as far <laughs> as I'm concerned. Cake. It's not a pie. It's true. Do you know what my favorite pie is? I know is? we've talked about Kiwi it. pie. Nope. It's not kiwi, kiwi pie. Kiwi, kiwi pie. pie. You're just fucking bullshitting now. I'm writing kiwi pie down. Kiwi pie. Good. I'm just looking at a recipe right now. This one takes an hour and 20 minutes. That's a lot of time. Oh, that's so not too coconut, much time for a pie. Coconut, coconut cream, cream pie with, with, with meringue. meringue. With meringue. That's right. Super important. Now. This one has tapioca in it. Mm, I love tapioca. I can see that. I can see that. Tapioca and kiwi. A lot of these kiwi pies are just kiwi pies with, they're like lime pies with kiwis on top. I don't really like kiwi, but I just thought maybe that was I love pie. good ripe kiwi, but uh, but Bear Lake, the one we had was not ripe. It was not good. It's not fruit we should be able to eat in Utah. So, but. so this last, yeah. the last couple months of school... The schools were still giving out school lunch, so we would take the kids to school to get the school lunch because, hell, we paid for it. They might as well get it. They were giving out kiwis one day. I love kiwis. Mm-hmm. That's what they have. Like whole kiwis? Whole kiwis. Not cut up whole you kiwis. You don't have to cut them up. You can just eat a kiwi. Yeah, but why would you eat the outside like, that's gross? No, you most people you do. want. Yeah, the hairs are gross. You want brown gross. furry nuts. I hate what? <laughs> but it's edible. <laughs> they do look like furry so, brown nuts. Brown nuts are edible. My point furry is, furry brown nuts. My kids, my kids, <laughs> and I'm sure no, I'm just about all the rest I'm not of them, doing it. got home, pulled out the kiwi, that's and was like, worst. I'm not eating that. Furry brown nuts. Yeah. Is that a good podcast name for the show? I like on things, but with, yeah. Not with our guest, our, our guest, Mr. Trent Staggs. I don't think Furry Brown Nuts would be appreciative. <laughs> I don't think he would like that as his show title. Yeah, probably not. Um, we could we could name it something else. Um, not Furry Brown Nuts. Anyway, I, just I can't that stop was saying it, though. A little strange to hand out to a bunch of That is a little weird. It's a learning experience. Show them how to take the skin off and how to cut kiwi and teach them where it comes from and why it shouldn't be here in Utah. Let me ask you a question about school lunches. Yes, shut your mouth. Um, Where kids are concerned. Um, Your kids. School lunches where kids are concerned as opposed to the school lunches we feed to us. So the school lunches that Sean got that was done by the Granite School District when she was at um, St. Francis years ago were like... I mean, legit disgusting. Like, it was like a fucking TV dinner. Like, they had to pull cellophane off of shit. They only did that a few years, though. Yeah, but, like, how are school lunches with your kids? Like, are Much they... better. Because when we were kids... Well, you're not in Granite School District. We got, like, the pizza squares, you know, but it was on the tray, and everything so, was cooked there. So, at least the, in a central the kids, kitchen. My, the, the schools my kids have gone to, the grade schools in Jordan District, they do Pizza Tuesday... And it comes from Five Guys Pizza. 
Also, they're like Five Guys Pizza. What the hell is that? What's that? Or, or not Five Guys? What is it? Say that's Five, five Guys Burger. It's what five it? buck pizza, five, maybe Big so Daddy's pizza, but it's an actual pizza place. It's, there's no Five Guys Pizza. It's Five Guys Burgers and Fries. So yeah, we no. can make it. I mean, <laughs> maybe five bucks. I'd need three more guys because it's just Jeremy and me so far. <laughs> can we do two guys and two, two. chick pizza? <laughs> <laughs> two dudes and two chicks. Pizza. The so, new Utah pizza. It's real pizza Parlor? though. Like it's yeah. not the pizza squares. Like and, what about other the other stuff the other days? It, it, it's been pretty Chicken good. Chicken nuggets. Like Sloppy Joe Day. Is sloppy like Joes. They make the Sloppy Joe there. Tacos, Have another Sloppy Joe. I, I love like Sloppy, sloppy Joe's. You Would you like a Sloppy, sloppy Joe? Sloppy Joe. Sloppy Joe. You kids like some Sloppy. <laughs> I'm sorry, Bree. No, it was... I love uh, you. The lunches they brought home, for the most part, were decent. Napoleon, give me some of your tots. Joan, I haven't eaten all day. When, Gosh. When the girls were at Juan Diego, they got to have Colosimo sausages all the time. Of course. I wonder why. I was just curious because I don't... Maybe the are Catholic. I would not. They, were, they were decent. I'm pretty detached from like the school lunch programs, but I know that they have been really horrific in, in, in not so far back years. So I, I remember as a kid, this sounds, this sounds sad, but I remember as a kid... They were relatively horrible, but they were always better than whatever I was bringing. Yes, because apparently your mom was a bad cook. Yeah, we've established yeah. that. So I would gladly trade my lunch for people's school lunch, or they would just wouldn't eat it, and I would, and I would throw my homemade warm meat and bologna and man- mayonnaise and cheese that had sat in my locker and gotten warm. You mean your hot dog pancake? Basically. <laughs> I would throw that away. It's not the same. Yeah, it's not. It's not the same. Speaking of hot dogs, I need to show you the new burger that I saw are, the Did picture. you see it? Oh, Dogs and Links. And made. I saw all the bullshit oh. he put on it and I was like, that's just not going to be good. No, it is good. I promise. No, His there sauce. There were pickles on it. That's oh, well, okay. you don't have to have pickles that's, on it. but That's not okay. <laughs> so, to answer your question, Yes, the lunches are vastly improved. Now, we're in Jordan School District, which is a much different. Well, they have beet diggers there, so. And in well, my opinion. Well, Jordan School District is a and miners. higher quality. They have beet diggers and miners. So they, I have they beets in some... my garden. Does that make me a beet digger? No. Yeah. When you dig them. In my opinion, Jordan School District is one of the better yeah. school districts. It's a smaller district, but. They have better quality. Like I, oh, I would agree. Uh, speaking of school districts, so um, this is July thirty first. The deadline for all the schools to um, put their back to school plans in public view is tomorrow. Tomorrow, Which most of them have already. Um, Jordan District is postponing till the twenty fourth. Uh, Salt Lake uh, School District um, is not. Uh, but they are going completely online. They are going to start the school year 100% Didn't online. Didn't you say they were going to evaluate quarterly? Yeah, midterm and quarterly. I think all of them have to. Yeah, um, but Salt Lake County in particular, um, or Salt Lake City School District, um, that midterm and at quarters, they're going to reevaluate for potentially transitioning kids to a mixed environment. Um, but it sounds like the whole year will be at best mixed. So for Jordan, at the at the moment... Um, it's four days on, Friday off, and Friday is to be used for either online learning or if kids need to come in and meet specifically with teachers. And then you, as the parent, have the option to send them full-time to let them do the whole thing online or 
self-taught and then you come in as the parent and you get all the material they will give you everything and you homeschool you know, look let me Do you tell know you what you and heather are doing yet? we're sending them back yeah why the fuck wouldn't you i'm but, just asking look this is that, that has to be there that one plan that you just described is the dumbest fucking thing a school can do in this pandemic so you get to decide your own comeback plan your comeback plan is Everyone comes back full time. We're going to take a day off of the week. That's how we s- slow down the spread of the pandemic. Not <laughs> not split the fucking kids up and have smaller classes. No, we're still going to have 40 kids in a classroom. Uh, it's just going to be four days instead of five during the week. Because COVID only transfers on Fridays. Oh, yeah. By the way, parents, if you want, you can have your kid work completely online at home, but it's going to be all your responsibility. So good fucking luck with that. That's a, yeah. I'm sorry, dude. I know you just talked volumes of good about your school district, <laughs> but that is a shit decision. And I'm, look, I'm a guy that said shutting everything down was a fucking horrible decision. Um, and, and I wasn't for it when it happened and I'm not for it now. Uh, we needed to do something, but I think that was a little crazy. Right. Uh, but, uh, I think that's a bad decision from the school district. Uh, and I think so. I also think Salt Lake's decision of all online is a bad decision. I think that uh, they're going to realize the troubles, the f- you know, partially into the year, and they're going well, to have to make some. I think changes. when the, they all the cases to, go up, they all have to assess every yeah. every school district has to assess regularly according to the. And so I think that they'll they're all going to change in some way. I agree. I just think to plan that you're going to have kids full time because look. There are going to be some population where the parents go, I don't want you going to school. I want you to stay home and do online learning. That is a small population because guess what school acts as as well? Child care for people who have to be at work because they've been without child care and been without school for a long time. Well, in the three months we did online, it was a train wreck. Yeah, it's fucking hard as hell. I've heard and the experience, good about it. Not, not one person has been like, yeah, it was great to have my kids home doing their homework. It's horrible. Yeah, no, everyone hated it. It was, it was not because parents aren't teachers. Well, there's so a reason Jonathan, we have teachers. Jonathan had nothing. He was done with his homework in 12 minutes. My or Hannah spent seven hours a day trying to keep up with with high school level homework. And Maya at the college level was ready to pull her hair. Uh, out. Oh, yeah. To well, be fair, he had her, all of her senior classes. To be way. fair, Hannah doing seven hours a day. That's okay, because guess how long she's at school right. for? So that makes total sense. If she was spending 16 hours a day, that's different. But at seven to eight hours a day, that's totally acceptable to me, because that's how long they should probably be learning in school anyway. There's a lot of studies that suggest like six hours is about where you should cap yourself on a daily and, basis. And there's but a lot of studies showing that homework doesn't do any good either. Fucking homework's stupid. Um I can see like long-term papers, you know, teaching them how to do research and do a long-term project where that's kind of at home. But um, just doing a like 30 math homework. problems for fun. For fun. <laughs> that's how I viewed it. That's how I got because there. I like everything math. makes sense at school and it feels like nothing makes sense. Well, at and home. I know I've talked about it before, but the way they do math now is so different than I, the way I was taught that I can't even help my kids yeah. with their math. Well, and I just think, I, I just think that being like an all in or all out, is not it's not a good decision i think they're going to have to shift gears and i think it's poor planning on their part to not be prepared to to start with that shifted gear to be somewhere in the middle because that's exactly what you are you either all in 
or all out. And I don't know. I haven't looked at all the others. I haven't looked at Granite or um, any of the other school districts. But Davis goes back. Uh, so my mom works for. Uh, I don't remember. I think it's an elementary school. She's a, a special education uh, assistant to a couple of the teachers, and they go back. I think she's the twenty fourth. When I asked her earlier today. Then what do you do with the special ed kids? They don't wear masks. All the teachers wear masks, but they don't. Yeah, and the spe- I mean, some of the special ed kids, not all of them, but especially the- hers. Hers are like hers are very extreme. Yeah, as you like say, some the, of the stories the she's younger, told me are typically the younger you are, the bigger mix you have, yeah. and then when you get older, you have basically two categories. When you get to like middle school, high school, and she's have, I think she's elementary school. So you have the the mild mentally handicapped, like you're like kids with down syndrome and uh-huh. stuff like that and and they're very high functioning they integrate a little bit with the, the rest of the school mm-hmm. and then you have the others that a lot of kids don't even know they exist because they're yeah. in hands on like one so i can stuff. when we get closer to that i can give you a better report on on davis county maybe we'll talk <laughs> about it next week uh, a little bit more. I guess I'm just. I glad can't that, give you that one. I'm but. just glad I wasn't one of those people that had to make those decisions. No, it's a tough decision. What's the? What's I feel the, like I feel like they should have split classes. I feel like that the kids who aren't in class could potentially be at home. We could have just done like what they did in 1918 and put classrooms outside. Yeah, that's one. At least for a little while. I mean, we're in Utah, so it's not feasible to have classrooms right in the winter time. But, but August, <laughs> September, October, possibly. Yeah, and and look, if you have the option for online, why not break your classes up? Mm-hmm. Why not go just like A A B days for, yeah. ha- for cut that like, class size in half. Say on these days these kids come, on these days these kids come, and it's also broadcast. So if you're not here. You're watching on Zoom. And then the and day that you go in, you know, they, they dedicate a certain amount of time for oh, you to I ask like some questions. That. Or whatever. But here's, here's the thing that really should happen in this sort of environment. You need to team teach and the, the districts need to, yeah. at le- the districts need to get teachers aids. It doesn't necessarily have to be another certified teacher in my opinion, but because of the amount of involvement of watching and talking to the kids online versus in person, you should have another person there that's capable of interacting online. Uh, well, I know yeah, that. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I saw it for Alpine School District. Alpine School District is looking for like 800 uh, substitute teachers. Like they're doing a substitute teacher fair. Like that would be perfect. Yeah. Well, and I think part of that is they're just preparing for their teachers to be gone. Yeah. So you have to. But that, but but hiring them on to do something like that would be yeah, awesome. Yeah, because can you imagine you've got the teacher up there teaching and you've got a, a teacher's aide watching for comments and stuff because what what prohibits the teacher from doing both at the same time is you can't monitor comments in a chat room but some of this and goes- teach, right? But if you've got an aide there that's like responding as mm-hmm. much as he or she can and then maybe stopping the teacher and saying, hey, you know, we've got a bunch of the kids online that are having this same question. Maybe we need to actually clarify that. Then everybody's still learning the same things with the same words because you can't just teach teach your class, you know, teach the A class and then teach the B class separately because you're going to teach it a little different. People are going to ask different questions and kids are going to learn different things. Um, I think that that's a great way to do it. And then if kids are also sharing electronics, it's an easy way to make those electronics spread because now you only need 14 kids, kids should to not have be them. sharing electronics. 
Well, that's probably true, but there are some that need to. And now you have, you're, you're able to spread that a little bit. That's one thing. There's no sharing of anything. You gotta, you gotta be able to sanitize stuff. Each kid has to have, there's no sharing of crayons, markers, nothing. Every kid has to have. Well, think about like all the desks and shit that get shared and like that's, and that's, that's. And I know they are spacing out all of the, the, the desks. It doesn't matter when you have a class of 30. When you've got that big of a class, your class is only a certain, you can't move walls. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's my biggest concern. Like the best way to help stymie the spread is to cut the class sizes. And the only way to do that responsibly is to, and then you have the ability to properly educate the kids. It might be a little bit slower than, than what they're used to, but, um, the kids are home. But it's half better of the time. than kids being taught by parents who don't know how to teach yeah. and who don't know the subject material and are basically learning it with their kid. This is going to be interesting to watch yeah, over the next, uh, the next few months as these things happen. So. I can't tell you how grateful I am that I don't have kids in school right now. I, I don't, I don't envy any parent that still has to get kids through, uh, middle school, elementary school, high school right now. We are joined this week uh, by the current mayor of Riverton City in Utah, Trent Staggs. He's also candidate for uh, Salt Lake County mayor uh, for this, this next election here in a couple months that's going to be wrought with fraud because <laughs> of voting by mail that Utah has been doing According for a few years. <laughs> It'll be fine. We've been doing it for years. Yes, we have. And it has been amazing. Voting by mail is fantastic. We have great people that count our votes, I think. <laughs> I've been doing the vote by mail for five years now. I love it. Does the does the county mayor appoint the county clerk? No, that's actually an elected official. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, I like our county clerk. Sherry Swenson has been doing a killer job for years. (laughs) I don't know what (laughs) she has been in there a while. Yeah, Yeah. as long as I can remember. The fact that everybody knows who she is just goes to say she's been there for a while. Usually, people don't know who their county clerk is. Yeah, that's not exactly like a spotlight (laughs) position. (laughs) It's not like the mayor or the sheriff. It's a. It's like electing a treasurer. Like, oh well, you know. <laughs> so uh, bef- before you introduce yourself, I'm from Utah, by the way. I live in Utah, and I voted for you in Riverton. Well, oh, Riverton. Yeah, yeah, from, I was going to say you're not <laughs> from, no, from Utah. From Riverton. You're from I live in Riverton. Iowa, yeah, Iowa? you're not from were you, Utah. Were you born in Iowa? I was born in Idaho. Idaho. Yeah, okay. Grew up in Iowa. Yeah. 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 Like, the more you said, I'm from. You well, kept I'm saying that. I'm Utah. like, he was very like convicted yeah. in saying that too. From Utah. I'm like, why does he keep telling people he's from? Like, we're all clearly from here. Well, it's late. Know. It's been a long so, time. Yeah, and Jeremy. Long. Jeremy voted for you. Well, thank like, you, Jeremy. And then <laughs> uh, Tana and her husband are my na- are my neighbors. They live like right behind me. Okay. So, oh, is that the new one of the new people? She's new, and then he's uh, representative. No, I mean the new people behind new, you. In the oh, yeah, yeah, houses. in the new subdivision right behind me. Yes. That's right. So Tana, you said is, and, yep. and Dan, our and Dan, state, that's state right, Dan, senator. Yeah. So yeah. they're my neighbors. They live right behind me. Nice people. Are they like right up against you? Or are they just in the neighborhood? The, just one street. street behind me. Hmm. I like those those houses. They're great. Um, so the first question is, what month were you born in? <laughs> oh, yeah. Not my, not my favorite color. Your astrological. No. Okay. Uh, no, <laughs> month of May. The May. month of May. So what is that? August. Uh, August, baby. So your parents 
had the nice summer love. That- <laughs> they must have. <laughs> That's must have. Not- in fact, they had a lot of love because there's uh, there's ten of us in, in the family. Um, I've got I've got nine siblings. Where are where are you in the this? about the middle? I'm fourth oldest, so I have uh-huh. seven sisters and two brothers. Sound close. Got, got interesting. Do you have like an older brother and an older sister, or are they all sisters that are older? Uh, no, I have I have two older sisters and uh, an older brother. Yeah, so that's that's good. Then, like, it wasn't just like older sisters raising you; just just a bunch of older sisters. I have six sisters, <laughs> one brother. Yeah, oh, wow. And I'm number three. Yeah. So you know what it's like. I know what it's like, yeah. and my younger brother is ten years younger than me. Yeah, he's the youngest, so, right? Oh, Wendy's the youngest. Oh, that's right. But he, so he's ten years younger, so too young to do any good. Like, <laughs> like, like growing up. Like, like growing up, I'm you sure were, you feel that way about some of your nine you were, siblings. You were ten before you. <laughs> so I was ten when he was born. So that means by the time like he was old enough to do anything with, I was already in high school, getting ready to go to college. So we didn't have a whole. Much I wouldn't of a relationship know. I'm an only kid. child. So. Do you have like a? Is it a wide range of ages then? Like, yeah, it is. It's uh, the oldest is ten years older than me, and then. Our youngest is, uh, I think, ten years younger than me. So it's a, it's a good span. That's so my, awesome. My oldest sister was sixteen when my youngest sister was born, and so my oldest sister got married at eighteen. So my youngest sister was two when my oldest sister got married. That's a twenty-year span. That's a, <laughs> like that is that is a twenty years of having babies. I like can't that. even imagine it. At that. Your poor mother. <laughs> that is a lot of childbearing <laughs> to do. So how many kids anyone. do you have? We have two. I've got a uh, 10-year-old son and an 8-year-old daughter. Oh, I'm going to say two funny. is the perfect number because I have two. And also, they funny. can't outnumber you. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I know. You can you can one-on-one. You're you're still in man defense. Uh, That's you right. have to move to zone. <laughs> <laughs> zone zone Although, defense works great until you get to 10. And then... Yeah, that's just... <laughs> Like, that's that's you? when you just say you just give up. That's that's, that's when you enlist the oldest yeah. to be be the helpers. Then when they then when they turn twenty, they're awesome again. You got your own baseball team at ten. Yeah. <laughs> like family <laughs> softball league. <laughs> do they do that? Do they do family softball leagues? Oh, probably. Like work softball leagues. I always thought that was just in the movies because I've never heard of like a work softball team. Or like uh, what's that show with? Um, where they have all the uh, cheaper by the dozen? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I thought you were gonna say nineteen kids and counting. No, it's like no, thirty three kids. No, that's not what I was now. gonna say. Yeah, no, just... yeah, you could be the Duggars. No, that's that's so many <laughs> kids. That's just, that's just so horrible. many. Kids. So yeah, where were you born? <laughs> we get, we get sidetracked a little bit sometimes. I was I was born in Arizona, Arizona, and then our family lived in California for a little bit. Moved out uh, when I was fifteen years old to South Jordan. Finished up at Bingham High, and then. Uh, Went on to the University of Utah for my undergrad, uh, poli sci and economics, and then on to BYU for my master's in business administration. So I've kind of got a foot in both camps. <laughs> Imagine that. And you've decided to hang out in Utah and make a home and, I mean, you and help run it. <laughs> yeah, help run the state, <laughs> run the towns at least. Yeah, that's why I got involved. I really, this is where I want to be. This is where I, you know, I've spent the entirety of my adult life in Salt Lake County and even I'd say largely in the west side, southwest side of the county. And this is where I want my children to grow up and just decided in 2013 to run for city council and won in Riverton by 105 votes, knocked every door, ran against a 12 year incumbent 
and then decided to run for mayor in 2017, again against a 12-year incumbent, won. And guess what? I'm running for Salt Lake County mayor against a 12-year incumbent, <laughs> someone who's been on the county council 10 years and now yeah, two I was going to say, she's not, been the, she's not been the mayor for that long. But So to back up just a tiny bit, what did you, what did you do after college? So kind of what, what's our progress? What got you mm-hmm. to here? So you, you get done with college, then what? Uh, after college, I've been involved principally in three different industries. I worked at Morgan Stanley, so finance, um, ran my own nationwide mortgage brokerage company, uh, saw through the crazy days and after the, the crash. Um, you know, I, I really sympathize with those that are struggling right now, business owners, uh, through COVID. And I, I can, I can relate. I mean, in the 2008 crash, I effectively lost everything. I, I, I did. And I had to start all over again. And so the last 10, 12 years have been interesting for me. I've pivoted into technology. Um, was a VP of technology for a firm in Utah County. And then the last five years or so, I'm working with a uh, publicly traded company called VivaCore. A good friend of mine is a chairman and CEO of that company. And we um, actually manufacture clean technology hmm. and uh, remediation processing centers is what they're called. So. I've been doing that, I think, about the last five years, working with the company in an advisory role. And um, it's uh, a lot of people don't realize that Riverton Mayor, for example, is a is a part time. I, I, I like to say it's paid part time. You put in a good 20 to 30 hours a week uh, in in many weeks. But it's rewarding because getting back to again, this is where I want to be. And I can see the impact that can be made. At the local level, mm-hmm. some people talk national politics with me, and, and candidly, I'd rather beat my head against the wall than go back to D.C. right now. Yeah. So you live in Riverton, then I'm assuming. Yes. So what what made you decide to run? Did you just wake up one morning and think, ah, I think I want to, or, or is there more to it? Yeah, there's a little more to it. <laughs> um, uh, we had my wife and I moved to Riverton in 2011. Um, we lived in Draper prior to that, but came to Riverton. And within the first couple of years, we had an interesting situation going on with some neighbors behind us. Uh, we saw one week, uh, it was it was constantly turned over with different tenants. Hmm. And uh, we ended up seeing one week, three sheds pop up with water lines and ventilation. And we thought, yeah, there's something going on here. <laughs> so uh, we got involved with the city, uh, with the police department, with the county health department, ultimately is what uh, resulted in uh, them being shut down because of the presence of meth. And we, we were just so oh, that's scary. Yeah. You're like, this is Riverton, not Magna. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Magna. Let me just make it very clear. There's some I'm running, there. I'm running yeah. for the entirety of the county. We love you in Magna. But you do have a meth problem, guys. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, not, he's not dumping into that that's one. Cr- how quick did that happen? I mean, it sounds like it was a, a pretty overnight kind of thing yeah there were there were a bunch of different tenants uh that were coming in and out of that we we had a home uh right in a uh, it's a circle of seven houses and they ended up um having this property right behind us or to the east of us that was you know kind of a larger holdout the right off of 118 south and it yeah, just one day, decent renters, the next, um, some problems. And as I started going to the city more so, I saw that there was a problem. I'm, I mean, we in Riverton, we had South Jordan and Draper that 
were kind of experiencing the same flow of mm-hmm. growth and demographic. And they were getting all this retail. And, you know, uh, probably a little bit about some of the cities, the way we, we fund um, not just taxes, perhaps property taxes, but also sales tax revenue is really important. We didn't have much to speak of. And so with my business background, I thought, well, I can add value to the city by working and trying to bring more economic development home so people can keep their their dollars in Riverton. And that only is going to help us and uh, ran on that plat- that platform in 2013. Is Daybreak part of Riverton? Mm-mm. No, it's it, South Jordan. South no, Jordan. The, that, the lineup by Dre, Daybreak is funky weird. It is. The way it jogs around. Isn't it great how like different cities start to annex property as the county grew? Yeah. yeah like so, West Valley kept trying to take all like of Like West Kearns. Valley took that, that land that's up there that has Walmart and the Walker. liquor store and stuff. It, it used to be Kearns. And then before Kearns became a township, West Valley annexed them because they're so big. Like West Valley can annex whatever they want. So, but it's a, it's the same situation. So that should, for all intents and purposes, West Valley should have nothing to do with that that Walmart that's right there. That should have been like West Jordan or Kearns because West Jordan because West Jordan's like West Jordan's right there. Yeah. But West Valley comes in and annexes like a neighborhood just so they can get to that tax revenue, and so then you're set. Okay, that's a big chunk of tax and revenue. And it's huge over there because there's a little strip mall. There's a Wendy's. There's the liquor store that they just put there. There's the... Riverton lines are weird. So my parents lived just on the other side of Bangor, just by Peterson's Farm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like two streets behind Peterson's Farm. Literally that street cuts it. They're in Harriman. <laughs> Even though... <laughs> If you, their neighbor across the street from them yeah, is Riverton. Riverton. <laughs> yeah, we used to have these natural buffers and boundaries, mm-hmm. right? Like I was a you know Bingham High School ninety two grad, and when we moved out, there were I, I, coming from California. I, I said, well, "Where did we move?" Because <laughs> we had our boundary was so large. I mean, Lehigh was now Harriman, you know, Butterfield Canyon, um, and just fields everywhere. So you used to have these natural buffers. They've been whittled down to effectively nothing right now. We're, now we're literally wall-to-wall cities. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's a, it's a very interesting uh, kind of a phenomenon because you go to other places like Houston. Houston's a gigantic city. Mm-hmm. It's the, it's bigger than Salt Lake County in, in terms of like just distance, and it's basically all just one city. Like they just have this massive sprawling metropolis. And then Riverton on the other end, there's the Walmart and where, where Bangor turns, it goes Back that way. It goes west. West, and then... Jeremy's pointing. It goes back that way, guys, that you can see on the podcast you know, you're listening to. West and that south. Way. But same thing. Not in a straight line. Yeah. It's like a weird... I mean, I guess they have to put them along the roads, and if the road's not straight, but it's just weird when it goes through the middle of a neighborhood. I actually think that's one of the better things that the, the legislature did, is, is create the ordinance where everything had to you know, form a township or Mm. some semblance. There was going to be no more unincorporated areas in the county. So we thought, yeah, that was 2015, right? Yeah. We saw the unincorporated population drop from about 130,000 to, I think, less than Mm 10,000 today. Um but then we had a project called Olympia Hills yeah. that's an unincorporated county. <laughs> that is have, like, have yeah. a project. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we actually really liked it. I mean, I liked being unincorporated. I liked not having another level. But I, our township is really great. We were, we were able to meet some of our leadership. They're putting in a sound wall back here. And they held a lot of meetings. They're super down-to-earth people. Mm. You know, she's she's 
the person that you can call even if you find graffiti. So it was kind of nice to have where I didn't think it was nice to have that little layer it was yeah. actually nice to get yeah. kind of a more personable buffer that was easier to get to than county well, leadership. Like what you, what you had said, you know, you, you won by, you know, like a hundred and something votes, right? On the council. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's something that a lot of people don't think about. Cause when you think about an election, especially in a year like this year, you know, it's the general election. Like we've got, you know, uh, representatives up for election. We've got a presidential race. Uh, we've got a governor's race, but where your vote really is going to have the most impact truthfully is in your council members, mm-hmm. your local mayors. It's going to have a big impact in your local state legislative uh, representatives. And I mean, even here in Kearns, I mean, our district is a swing district for Democrats for the state uh, legislature and, um, you know, Hutchings continues to win, but he never wins by more than like a few hundred votes. It's always very, very close. It is. This county is is pretty close. We we've looked at the numbers, and um, yeah, I'm, I love Kearns. I'm gonna put in a little plug, Mayor Bush. She's uh, <laughs> she's, she's endorsed. Her. She was she's, she's endorsed the campaign, and um, that's something. It's interesting because as a as a city elected official. We are nonpartisanly elected in the state. So for the last seven years, you know, four in the council, now my third year as mayor, people have just viewed me as a. as a good community. Member. Yeah, it's not with an R or a D or whatever attached to your name. And I really like that. You Well, it's, you mentioned like banging your head over national politics yeah. and how like what a relief to be able to be a representative for the people without that. Like, yeah. I, I imagine it feels incredibly But the county race different. That's different. is a partisan. Right. <laughs> well, and that's and it's interesting moving to that. That's something we've talked about on this show with other folks that, um, you know, like Sim Gill, we've had a discussion with him about it. Like, mm-hmm. how different would things be if we made, even if we just made one change to the electoral system, which is no more party representation or affiliation on the ballot. Mm-hmm. If you just simply take the D and the R. Uh, or the libertarian or whatever other affiliation. And there are states that do that. There are states that do that. How much different does the voter, uh, you know, action become? Because certainly people do associate like, okay, we know this person is a Republican because they got elected to the Republican primary. But when you get to that general ballot and you're not, you don't see that R or that D and you can't straight party vote mm-hmm. and you're forced to actually figure out which candidate you want to vote for, how does that change, you know, how people are elected? Yeah, I, 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 I like it. I, I think party platforms are good. Um, y- you know, there's a lot of work that, go- that goes behind it and delegates come up with these great platforms. And so intuitively one can look to those to say, okay, um, if I'm voting for a Democrat or for a Republican, then they should have some values or line up with these principles. But I, as a city elected official, I have to create that myself. So it creates a little bit more work. Um, but that's what I did. And I put it out there at my site, trentstags.com when I was running. Um, got the same site today. People can go to that and take a look. <laughs> it's good to keep a hold of that. But that's, one. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly what I did. And, and then people can take a look at that and, and see what it is you're running on. And uh, I like, voting for the person. Right. And in fact, they, there was a, a change in this past legislative session that took away in the state uh, straight party right. voting, if you're aware of mm-hmm. that. Yeah. They, yeah, they got rid of that, which is interesting. That's fantastic. to t- I, I hate, I've always hated that. Yeah. I, I think that people need to pay attention to what they're voting for because 
there might be somebody that you're like, Hey, this isn't necessarily my party, but they're, they have some really good ideas and they have a really good history. And you can't find that out if you refuse to look, if you just, if you're just voting on those party lines. And I guess that's, we on this podcast say you need to pay attention to your local people because they're the, like we were saying, they're the ones that you get to. They're the ones you're dealing with citizens more often. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So those, those are really important races. And if you have those connections, then you have a better chance of getting better county and then state elected representatives because, you know, you're, you're getting the people in that you want to. So without a doubt. And I'd say that that's the genius with our form of government. You know, the Republican form of government that we have, we're supposed to have. I mean, as it was intended, government closest to the people is what governs best. Um, we can get into a whole, Conversation about whether the national government is uh, <laughs> is outside of the bounds of you know we Article One, Section Eight topics, just because. <laughs> it, um, yeah, but with, you're right, absolutely that your local governments have one. Well, a good example impact. with Riverton on that last election, I was actually pretty happy. I liked that Mayor Applegarth. I thought he was a, he was fine, but mm-hmm. I was really happy that we overturned most. Of the government in Utah or in Utah, Riverton, Riverton. Let's let's put you where Jess is sitting. So you stop reading that because I'm standing out. Looking at our banner, Riverton. We overturned the majority of the leadership in Riverton on the last election, and I think that I think that's good. Not that some of those people weren't great; they were. But I think you need new ideas. You need fresh people, Mm -hmm. and you're not going to see change if you just keep electing the same people over and over. They get complacent. They get relaxed in their position and i think it's good so I, I was happy the way we turned over in riverton on that last election i thought it was impressive me too and it's very <laughs> it's very rare that something like that happens yeah. honestly to turn over as many as we did i thought that was pretty cool so I, I'm, I'm curious what the what the thought process was in the decision because this is your first term as as riverton mayor right that's right um what what drove the decision to get in the race for county mayoralship in your you know your first term as a riverton mayor well working with the county has been interesting uh much more interaction with the county as a mayor city mayor Mm -hmm. than as a council member and as uh, I, I well back up a little bit. When I ran for city mayor, it was largely because I wanted to create a vision and a mission statement and a strategic plan. We didn't have one. So in January of 18, we convened the uh, governing body together, all the council and myself, and we adopted a vision and a mission statement. And we have eight strategic priorities. There's a number of initiatives and measures tied to each one that was intended to be a four year plan. We're about two and a half years in. We've accomplished 80 percent or so of all the initiatives there. And um, some of the priorities, you know, relate to economic development. Some relate to engaging. One is a, a priorities entitled engaged and informed residents. Before I got in, we didn't have a website. We didn't have a f- functional, any social media. I mean, believe it or not. So you've seen that living oh, yeah. in Riverton, the mobile oh, yeah. app. Yeah, you guys, your follow, social media. Is, I follow you yeah. on Twitter and yeah. my business follows them on Twitter and they interact with my business and it's it's been nice. So I'm really proud of those, those accomplishments. And um, as we were looking at other parts of our strategic plan and analyzing, um, you know, the best public safety, for example, having served on the boards of unified police and also with um, the county taxing district, the county taxing district. Uh, I worked with our state legislature to change the law so a council could vote out, could vote to get out of the district, much like they got in. Um, 
is a little convoluted, but we got out, saved taxpayers about $1.3 million now as a result, uh, changing the way we paid for our unified police protection. And then we took it a step further in July of last year, and we now have our own Riverton Police Department. We self-provide. Uh, the short of it is there that uh, we were able to pay our officers 10, about 10% more than the compensation schedule than at Unified, get nine more officers, go from 26 to 35 in our precinct for less money than we were paying to Unified. And so when I looked at that, I well, something is going on here with these county-led organizations. Animal control, the same thing. We were contracted with Salt Lake County Animal Control Services. Um, they wanted to double our contract to half a million dollars. I said, time out. Hmm. We talked to a local vet, and I said, would you like to enter into a public-private partnership? Do you have shelter capacity for 31 cats and dogs a month is all they were you know, capturing in our city of almost 50,000 people. And he said, yeah, sure. So we switched. We saved three hundred grand annually for our residents. Which vet is that? It's the Stone Ridge Vet Clinic of oh, 1300 yeah. West. Yeah, I know them. So Dr. Cannon there. So I would argue the residents are getting better service. They don't have to drive down to 3900 South. They stay in Riverton because we got 90 plus percent of the animals that are chipped and reclaimed. Um, and the, the animals I would, I would contend too. They, they're not at the county, uh, the county lock. Well, we have, we have a vet on call 24 <laughs> yeah. seven that they don't, um, we, we end up having, uh, this vet that is motivated to get the boarding business. Right. Right. So, he is taking it as part of his contract. He brushes their teeth, gives them complimentary baths. We'll do vaccinations for if, if they don't have them. So, again, seeing a trend here of county-led organizations that are more expensive, I would contend give less service than uh, those that are taken on by our, our city. And we can provide at the city level a lot more transparency and accountability. And as I saw that, I started digging into the county budget and I saw – that we have grown by uh, over $500 million in five years. We went from $933 million to $1.5 billion. Wow. And I thought, what is going on? At the same time, when the, un- the unincorporated areas we've it's been talking shrinking about are shrinking. Radically, yeah. Um, so that intrigued me. We have a property tax increase that's hitting everybody this year, the county. I think a terrible time to hit people. Um, and I have a record of actually lowering taxes. And so fiscal responsibility, empowering communities to take on uh, more and to be more equitable in the way that some of these sales tax dollars and transportation dollars are, are taken into account were big deals. And then kind of the nail in the coffin for me, the final straw was the uh, the Olympia Hills decisioning that in unincorporated, we're talking 900 acres at the mouth of uh, Butterfield Canyon. It's one-tenth the footprint of Riverton that would have almost the exact same number of people. And you've been out there. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Olympia Hills. We've we've talked about Olympia Hills a couple of times. But when you say it like that. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's been been such a hotly contested, you know, development for the last couple of years. Well, and you're stuck right in the middle of that. So you end up with having to create the infrastructure going through for transportation because you're you're the center point between... Harriman and I-15. So and there's only one way in. <laughs> and that's what got my attention. 126 South, the traffic counts mm-hmm. were poised to go from 30,000 today 
to a hundred thousand. Oh. It becomes like fifty. It's like Eagle Mountain. It becomes like what <laughs> they had again. and how they had to change fifty four hundred. Taylorsville made a big change there because that was such a big artery. And that road is the flex lanes. Yeah, yeah the, and the flex lanes were. Like, I amazing. actually love the flex lanes. Was, I know that there are some people that. I've seen some people driving down the wrong side of the road for a second, but uh I talked to their city planner the year after they did that and he said it's it was just unbelievable the the difference it's made for Taylorsville. It's huge. Between five I, and I've used that road quite a bit. Between five o'clock and seven o'clock going out that way is a nightmare. I avoid it. I, I, no, well, that's horrible. People I'm just uh, you guys always make fun of me for living in Eagle Mountain. It is a quicker drive from Eagle Mountain to South Jordan than from being out there to get to downtown Salt Lake. It's oh, just, no, it's there's crazy. there's no there's no <laughs> east west thoroughfare after you get past um, the belt route of I two fifteen. You have you have there's nothing. You is have that Bangeter well, and two hundred one? And is and that a lot of local of for you? Or are you having com- conversations with like UDOT? Because that a lot of that is state roads. Yeah. So we uh, th- that development that was first proposed in twenty eighteen. Um, that really none of the mayors surrounding that unincorporated piece. And, and keep in mind, this is in the annexation plan already of Harriman and South Jordan. So I get it that the county is the land authority for unincorporated areas, but to not have even had a conversation with the mayors of, say, West Jordan, South Jordan, Riverton, Harriman, they're going to bear the brunt of that. So we, um, in 2018, when it was announced, we found out after the first reading and passage and then uh, we got engaged. Mayor McAdams then at the time vetoed it. And we've been meeting since the summer of 18 in Riverton monthly with those mayors of the six municipalities and ha- have created the Southwest Mayors Coalition. And from that, we're in the middle of a study. They've now ex- ex- adopted or approved version 2.0 of Olympia Hills. But we were really frustrated because the county had given 100000 towards this quarter million dollar study. That is looking at these types of things we're talking about. We, we need a framework of growth. We can't just plan like this in a silo anymore, um, or we're going to really diminish the quality of life. So how can we work together uh, when we have developments that butt up against Riverton and Harriman? Can we aggregate park space? Can we create more trails? Uh, which roads need to go flex? Uh, which roads need to be widened? How can we work together to use some political muscle to get Bangator and Mountain yeah. View? Completely? How can we make sure that we don't build yeah. another Bangator Highway and Mountain View Corridor, which it is already uh, in done? In hindsight, you have to go back and yeah, like oh, now we got to we need to go put over you know overpasses and and proper freeway interchanges yeah. into Bangator and retrofit it. Oh, we're building a new Mountain View Corridor, and, we and we've done just the put same thing with Bangator. Like it, it's going to be the same <laughs> thing, letting people build right up to the edge. We talk about it all the time because well, we have friends that live out there. These guys take it. In my opinion, the way Daybreak was done was completely backwards and wrong. In my opinion, uh, and I'm as an architect, I, I'm an architect. That's what my background is. Um, you don't build a city epicenter with no city and no epicenter the whole concept is it's all walking distance to work and school there were no there was no businesses there was no schools <laughs> there was nothing yeah, there just... was a handful of churches and huge groupings of houses so all it did is it made this yep. huge congestion and after the fact they started putting in businesses in soda row and but that all should have been first so just imagine that <laughs> now i call olympia hills it's 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 twice as dense yeah, it's crazy. As, wow, as daybreak. So imagine something twice as dense it's at up. the at the end of a cul-de-sac. That's, yeah. the, that's the analogy I use. It's like it's putting like 10 houses at the end of our circle instead yeah. of the three that are there. 
Yeah. So that that really um, uh, that was approved the first uh, I think the first of March, and uh, that was after being encouraged to run. It's kind of a long. I was going to say, did this? What did this like spark? Uh, you know what? If I'm the county mayor, I can have a bigger a bigger part of this, a bigger say. Yeah, I think it's it's that having representation, especially on the west side. Yes, it just feels like we've been underrepresented as well. Yes, so gotcha. uh, that all of that was taken into you know was going through my head as I made the decision to go ahead. Uh, and run. And it's been, it's been humbling to see how many people are supporting the candidacy. And we've had a poll recently where we're up and it, it means a lot given that name recognition that my opponent has. Um, and I only announced, you know, in March. So, uh, so assuming you win, hmm. what happens with the, the mayorship with Riverton? How is that gonna? The same way that Ben McAdams went to Washington and Jenny Wilson took over. Yeah, the Riverton City Council would appoint oh, somebody yeah. to fill the last year. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd be up for election, re-election. That's what we did year. for Mayor Pengro when he left for Eagle, Eagle Mountain. So that was very just, sad day. They'll appoint somebody for the remaining of your term. Then mm-hmm. at the end of that, whoever wants to run can well, each uh, Every town can be slightly different, so right. it's all up to your charter. So you announced your candidacy in March. We all know what happened in March. What happened in March? <laughs> Wait, what? Wait, what? It's not still March? Oh, uh, so you've That's done... Fair. It didn't happen in March. Tr- but it here, started, yeah. here is when everything <laughs> went... Apart. It yeah. stopped in China in October, um, so, I mean... <laughs> well, you've, you've run campaigns before. How has this one been yeah. different during COVID? Yeah, it's... Well, and I've run campaigns... In a city council district of, say, 10,000, because we're districted in five. You and can then, literally go to every person's house. Yeah, I, I literally knocked every door That's in awesome. that district. And then for city mayor of, you know, 47, 48,000 folks, I was about 40% of door knocks. Um, this is 1.2 million people. Yes, you're, you're not going to go knock on everybody's 510,000 You just knocked voters. on my door. Well, one one down, about 400,000 more households well, to go. When we let you go, you can just walk around okay. all my neighbors. <laughs> I was, I was na- hoping you would help me with Our that. Our neighbors next door went fishing. Like, they literally took their boat out and went fishing, so don't <laughs> knock on their door. <laughs> so uh, that's, I mean, to begin with, this is a much larger race than, um, and, and people, um, they don't really think about that a lot where this is larger than any congressional district in the state. We have four congressional districts. This is larger by about 50%, you know, and this is basically like running for a state Senate seat or for a U.S. Senate seat. It's pretty close. Yeah, almost. It's it's a third of the state population. The county accounts for half of the GDP of the state. So we're the economic engine and hub and the county mayor will have seats on uh, the inland port, the point of the mountain, a lot of, uh, you know, boards and commissions and kind of controversial things. Well, I, I, you have some big, I think you have big shoes to step in as far as COVID is concerned, because through this, it seems like Jenny Wilson has had a larger voice than even our own governor. How do you feel about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the, we see the power of the, the local health authority, the county health department um, in all this. And it really, I've written a few different opinion pieces that have been published in the Tribune on in March uh, being critical of the state and county response to COVID. I think we had some examples of what to do in terms of just ubiquitous testing, test, 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 um, to ensure we try to contain it. But that didn't happen. So 
Um, but there has been a lot uh, that uh, the current county mayor has done and been in the news. And uh, my frustration with all of it, frankly, is that I find out about it in the news. I mean, we have 16 cities and five townships in this county, and I think the role of the county mayor should be to build consensus. It's like what I got to do as a city mayor. You work with individuals. You communicate. You over-communicate. Well, that hasn't well and you have, you have the hospitals are out in Arrow and Riverton where they've done a lot of the um, drive-up testings Testing. have been out uh, at the Intermountain, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Riverton Hospital. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they've got the huge tent. Yeah, that's so you why would I think won't that drive would be over a, there anymore. So, right, no, so you would think that would be a conversation. Like, hey, you have one of the main spots, the person that has St. Mark's, you know, like all these places. But that's, that is sounds very frustrating. That's one of the biggest, that's why my campaign theme is leadership that listens. I mean, sincerely, that is one of the best, the biggest things a leader, an elected person can do uh, is to listen to the residents that they are supposed to be representing and collaborate, bring people together. I mean, whether it be planning like the Olympia Hills project, I mean, the county mayor should be very well aware of the needs of each of those 16 cities and five townships and how we can improve the infrastructure situation. They should be leveraging their political capital at the state during the legislative session to ensure we get the 1.5 billion. We need to finish Mountain View and Bangor. Um, or whether it be with a pandemic or situations where we need to, hey, let's work together. I mean, people are mask, pro-mask, anti-mask. And look, there's some science there that demonstrates that, yeah, it can stop and stop the spread. But instead of just throwing out mandates, let's let's talk to elected officials and say, hey, here's the information. I'm in this county mayor seat. We've got a county health department. We've got a lot of uh, experts we listen to. And let's... Um, Let's share that information with the cities and ask for their help. So let me, I'm going to ask you a question about the masks mm-hmm. because I know that you are pro mask in, in terms of people should be wearing masks. You've, you've said that, mm-hmm. um, but you've also said that you're uh, anti-mask mandate. And that's right. And can you explain why? Because I, 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 I struggle. I, I think the shutdown of businesses was horrific and horrible. Absolutely. I think it was, I don't think anyone expected, I, the, everyone was put in an impossible spot in March. This was it was not a decision. I think with hindsight, sure we can make a better decision. I think some the decisions were made in March that I think were impossible for anyone to make uh, at a local level, and it doesn't matter if it's here or any other place in the country or the world for that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think there are things that. Um, seem responsible and clearly we've, we've seen with data, the masks are helping. Mm-hmm. Um, the forcing and forcing people to have masks to go into business when they interact in the public has helped reduce the numbers of, of COVID cases. And, and I'm curious why you're anti mandating of, of mask wearing. Well, I think nine times out of 10, if I ask residents to do something and give them the rationale behind it, they're going to, they're going to do it. Um, inherently, I've got a ten-year-old son, right? <laughs> when I ask, and I or or I tell what to do, um, you see compliance really vary, and so I think a leadership position, a leadership role, needs to demonstrate what behaviors and actions we should be doing that are going to get us back to 
a full, you know, opening of the economy. And as a business owner, again, that's why I'm supportive of, of masks. I think that businesses, when they have a mandate, then it's to a large extent unfunded because they have to police it and they may have to turn people away if they don't have masks. That's why we implemented a program in Riverton using some of our CARES Act funding we purchased masks. Yeah, I thought that was fantastic. And we, we put it out there, and that's something that I wanted to do. I mean, in addition to that, we had an economic recovery plan for Riverton, too. Which was amazing. How did that go, by the way? I mean, explain what it was oh, and then how yeah, it went. We decided to have a – we had a five-point plan. And Riverton, I think, is the only city in the state we eliminated the business license fee. Uh-huh. I got yep. – I got, awesome. I got tired of paying two, three hundred dollars. I've owned businesses just to slap a piece of paper. Maybe you want to move to Riverton? That I thought was, it was something that was <laughs> for that. To buy a frame that from was... the dollar store. So we got that done. Uh, we streamlined or deregulated a lot of regulation, especially with respect to signage and temporary signage. It's like, come on, we have to be able to allow these businesses to more readily advertise their products and services. They're, it's just being, they're being crushed right now. We joined a new chamber. Uh, worked with them to make sure all of our businesses knew about the Paycheck Protection Program and other programs that could help them. Um, then we had a business blitz. This is my favorite. Yes. Um, this idea kind of came to me when in the, in the, uh, around Christmas time, we opened it up our main park and we have people drive through. Um, we have storyboards there in the park and I, uh, we had a local business there, TLC signs. They're fantastic. They said, Hey, we're going to, we'll offer free signs. Um, to anybody, large format ads, we'll print them. People can drive through. We asked businesses that wanted to participate. We had about 150 out of the 450 in our city retail businesses that uh, you had to have an offer that was good through August, end of August. And then to encourage people to come, I had about a $10,000 budget for travel that I couldn't use. And I said, go out and buy gift cards to every one of these businesses. And as people drove through, we had the counters. We had over 10,000, 10,000 that vehicles awesome. that came through. And they had opportunities through QR codes or to um, to enter to win these gift cards. And we sent them all out. Um, the businesses captured. They needed to capture revenue now. Some of them were just dying on the vine. So they thanked me for that and for the, the mask program. And that's that's where I uh, I think leadership really, really matters and things like this. And to have a leadership-informed leadership the experience of being in the business sector kind of tethered to the real economy i think is is really important in this in this position so i'm i'm curious um you know like i said i i think anyone anyone that had to make a decision in march was in a bad spot like mm-hmm. no one's there's no right decision at that point we're we're dealing with something that it's not unprecedented in the sense that it's happened before. It happened it'll in happen again. the 1920s. You know, with the Spanish flu is a very similar sort of circumstance. We clearly didn't learn from it then. Um, but we're in a, we were in an impossible position. If we, we didn't shut stuff down. I mean, it, I was talking to people today. Can you imagine if Salt Lake County, um, was looking at, you know, Utah as a whole, but really it's, it's Salt Lake County and Summit County uh, and now Utah County. But, um, if you're, you're looking at 800 plus cases of COVID a day in March. There's no way our hospitals could have handled that. Um, they they were start some of them were starting to get pushed recently, but they had no idea how to treat it in March, and that's what's that's what's really changed. So I think that there's 
clearly something had to happen then. But my my question is, so now we're, you know, we're six months into COVID, essentially. I mean, we, we started mm-hmm. finding out about it really kind of the beginning of the year. Um, but it's, you know, it's now the beginning of August. So we've, we've had a good, like at least six months of, of exposure to this and, and, you know, four or five months of true learning, uh, since we made a horrible decision to shut everything down. Mm-hmm. What would you have done differently with that hindsight if, if you were the county mayor? What, how would you have handled things differently or how would you have handled things differently even in Riverton? Uh, given the, the knowledge you have now that we didn't have six months ago, maybe. Yeah, and I don't think it ne- it's really a hypothetical per se. Look at the the op-ed in March. It was about mid-March. Um, the title of it is, um, I think, oh boy, now you put me on the spot. I read it yesterday. Okay. So, <laughs> you saw it. Yeah. The state's response to COVID is not sufficient. Yeah. Uh, and for me, it was testing. We saw this was a wave coming. And we saw South Korea, for example, of 50 million people. At the time, back in March, they only had 250 people that even contracted the virus. I mean, they were just a full-on assault on this thing. They were testing everybody, whether you're symptomatic, asymptomatic, it didn't matter. If you walked into a public place, they took your temperature, it was a degree too hot, they tested you. Yep, and they allowed businesses, they gave businesses the flexibility then to uh, to demand wearing of masks. Uh, you know, they, they could dictate. Uh, so we needed to have a lot more, I think, flexibility. We needed to be able to test much more so than what we did. Otherwise, if you're not, if you're only testing symptomatic people that are only displaying symptoms, we now, you know, we know seven days or I don't know how many days into it, it's just going to spread. Uh, and with, with the, the experts, quote unquote, uh, talking about a three or 4% mortality rate. I mean, my gosh, it was Armageddon, right? We we're going to have millions dead is what they were talking about. And then they scaled it back. And then there's, well, don't wear masks, you know, back in February. Now it's wearing masks. It's no wonder the public is wondering or has very, uh, has a hard time trusting their government and their officials. And so, but I think testing is pretty, we saw that and we already had some best practices. Um, and we knew too, that we, um, at that time that certain segments of the population were higher, more, uh, more at risk. And we need to take a lot more precautions to be able to protect. I mean, I was on the phone with my opponent, uh, in March and asking, what I know, what I've read about this, we need to be shutting down our senior center right now. And we have a bus service. We provide our senior center for Riverton, Harriman, and Bluffdale. I said, I am I am going to suspend bus service immediately. And we did that. And then the next day they said, yeah, you're right. We're going to shut all the senior centers down. So um, I think the testing, though, by far and away is what I would have done differently. I think as a as a resident of the county and not of the city proper, um, it's it's been a really strange thing to look at. Um, Chris and I, and I'll, I'll I'll specifically talk about us because this is our house and 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 what we do. Chris has a gaming night with with the guys, and they just kind of check in. How's everybody feeling? You know, anything going on? Mm-hmm. No, you know, we're all good as far as we know, and they've been gaming and. 
we've been okay. There have been a couple of times where we've been like, oh, there might be something that, that they haven't. And they've, they've been responsible that way. We've had l- small little get togethers with our friends and just been responsible and just been asking about it. And I think that that's helped us mentally. But I, I hear, I am a liberal person. With this, I am not. I'm very grateful that I live in a conservative state where we are more fiscally responsible and, and we were able to take this hit slightly better. Um, extremely grateful for the government for at least that part of it, that we were healthy, we were healthy with our economy when this started. But I listen to people say, just shut it down, just shut it down, just shut it down. And I hear it coming from people who are lucky like me. I have a job where I can sit in my, my daughter's old bedroom and I can work my job. And other than as it starts in a wave, it will eventually affect me. It it hasn't affected me financially. But if we shut this this government down again because of of decisions made by the government with this this weird thought, and I hear it over and over and over again, and it's frustrated me so badly. We can just shut it down, and and it and if we shut it down for a couple of weeks, it'll just be gone. But that's not the case because we can't, we can't shut down essential workers. So they'll always be exposed and they'll always be bringing it home to somebody who may not be an essential work. I mean, it's there and we just have to deal with it and learn to deal with it. I think we've done better than some. We've done worse than some, but we've been, I think we're on the better side. Um, moving forward, if you were the, the mayor right now with calls, with some people calling for total shutdowns again, as opposed to just trying to get through the best we can and, and to try and keep our economy healthy because I think if our economy's healthy, our people are healthier. Mm-hmm. Like what, what would your plan be if you were the governor or the, the mayor right now? Yeah. yeah are you going to run for governor after this? <laughs> Sorry. I'll be back. <laughs> it is the new Utah. <laughs> uh, well, I, I actually put out an op-ed last month in the Tribune as well. My plan for the economic recovery of the County. And we had one for the city we just talked about, but for the county, it was an extensive buy local, stay local campaign, uh, testing, testing, testing. So, look, the county, and, and you can take a look at that, but I I think from just the health perspective and the economic recovery, the county received $203 million from the CARES Act. That was months ago. What are we doing with it? They earmarked $34 million for cities and townships based on your population. So we're about 4.5% of the county. Riverton is 4.5%. So we were eligible to get $1.3 million in CARES Act funding, but we had to demonstrate that it was a reimbursable expense. And these face masks for businesses, for example, so they have a lot of money left over. They've they've now um, – I know they're they're trying to get something done. I mean, kudos – but they have these small business grants. Uh, they're now trying to work. Businesses can get up to $35,000. I think they're really late to the game, though. Uh, so I'd be really expanding much more aggressively um, aid for businesses. And the face masks are working. Continue to get those out. But the testing, again, I just keep saying the same thing. I mean, we we have 
a life science uh, hub here. We yeah, have great. Absolutely. We've got a Bio Utah trade organization. Yeah. We've got some great life science companies that have been at the forefront. We have in Draper Spectrum Solutions that has the spit kit that will identify COVID-19. We've got, we've got BioFire it, right here in the valley. Exactly. Got, yeah. I, I mean, we have great companies that we we could help make part of the solution and deploy. Something else that has happened because of COVID is um, a lack of traffic since March, which has been fantastic. And I know that you're super passionate about air air quality and stuff like that. Can you just talk about well, your... And, yeah. and you and Riverton have fantastic uh, mass transit options with track oh, stations now. <laughs> That's yeah. so... This me, Jeremy shakes his head. Can I, can I tell you, though, how much nicer it would be to have like a track station? If I want to yeah. go downtown from my house, it takes me an hour. On public transit. It's ridiculous. An I mean, hour. Yeah. Hey, you visualize that map of the county. You know, you got I-15, yeah. you got the belt loop like we were talking about, I-80, 21 south. And then there's this big void. Of everything. Of everything. And Until, we have such so. a huge population out here. People just think the west side is just this horrible place. I've lived here my whole life. Yeah. I love the west side of the valley. I love it. I love mm-hmm. it out here. Yeah. And, and air quality is a big... I mean, that's what we're talking about, too, with this visioning study. We... um uh, it's going to be a big, uh, it's a big consideration. And so we rolled out, our campaign did the other week, a five-point air quality plan. And we're the only candidate that's done it. Uh, the Tribune wanted the exclusive on it, so they, they took it. Uh, but you can see it at trentstags.com slash issues and, and take a look at, um, at our air quality. Uh, but it's really, it's really important. There's a lot that we can do. That is one of the few benefits uh, if you can call it that of COVID, where you've seen traffic counts uh, fall off considerably, but we need to have we need to have uh, a sustained telework, work from home, moving more permanently jobs from the corporate office to the home office, and uh, something that's definable with clear data, and and we've. We can set that metric, and I think it's going to have a huge impact, that, and auditing the county and county buildings, ensuring they're energy efficient. But public transportation uh, is going to be a huge part of that. And we talked with UTA, uh, with the board chair, Carlton Christensen, recently. And UTA, on bus service alone, will spend uh, close to $100 million in Salt Lake County annually. The fare box collection, or the amount we'd pay through passes or just one-time uh, entry is about 15 million. So about 15%. It wouldn't be, uh, there's, I, I think you need to start the conversation about how to give reduced fare rates and passes to everybody and have guaranteed frequency of core routes, especially in the West. Yeah. So I, I, I'm curious, and maybe you know, I, I haven't done the research, you know, UTA, my assumption is, you know, the Wasatch Front in particular is basically all that they do. Um, but, but realistically, it's Salt Lake County. There's not a lot of UTA services down in Utah County at all. There are more as you go up north, um, like Weber and Davis seem to have a fair number of services. But Salt Lake County is basically the heart of it. How percentage wise do you have an idea of how much of their, their budget and their focus is Salt Lake County versus the rest of the state? I don't. I'm not not 100 percent, but I think you're right. I mean, Summit County has their own transit system. St. George, you know, Washington uh, County has has that. So it's effectively the Wasatch Front. Is there is there a thought to 
saying because UTA is a horrible organization. Trolleys. They're going to bring back trolleys. Well, like I mean, I've tried trolleys. The state the state has had to step in because UTA has been so poorly managed uh, over over the years. Um, and is there is there any thought to the county creating their own public transit system because that happens in other places? You know, in California, you don't see yeah. the state of California running the transit system in the San Francisco Bay Area. That's Bay Area Transit. I know in the last legislative session, there was some conversations about just having the state take it all over um, and or making it a part of, you know, UDOT, the Department of Transportation. But I don't know how far those conversations got. They've they've reformed the board, you know, from what it was now to three full time individuals and uh, made a number of changes. So I think they want to their the state legislature is kind of in a wait and see mode. Let's let's see if that sounds like you're on the same page, because I know that Spencer Cox is very passionate about people working from home. Um, but also, I like that you said something about the buildings and the emissions the buildings are giving off, because I don't think that that's something that people realize is a huge issue in our um in our bowl <laughs> between the <laughs> mountains. It is. It's a bowl. It is. Um, and becoming Salt Lake mayor, you have, you know, yes, each uh, area kind of has their own little pollution issue, but I mean, Salt Lake is the antith- antithesis of, you know, in it will, I'm not going to say inversion because that's more weather, but creating that, you know, bad air. And, and when you say buildings, you don't mean manufacturing necessarily. You mean just the actual just structure. Furnaces yep. for mm-hmm. office buildings. Yep. Yep. Yeah. The, the venting that goes on in buildings that contributes so much to um, the air quality and the poor uh, air shed that we've have. And uh, I've talked to several companies, you know, again, I'm in the clean tech industry and we're always innovating and looking at different technologies. There are a lot of promising technologies. And I'm told today that there really is no need for any buildings to be venting and that we've got uh, that is exists today to take that just out of the equation entirely uh, and would drastically improve air quality. Um, so, and then with respect to, uh, you know, tier three vehicles, anything mm-hmm. made after 2017 is going to be tier three. Um, there's been some conversations with other air quality groups I've talked with about imposing a stricter uh, fee on your your vehicle registration when you come through um, and all those things can then be applied towards things that will help ultimately our air quality. Like you care. I don't know if you realize that it's been basically an hour. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> Time flies when you're having fun. I mean, we, we would have you on for as long as you want. I, th- I think my wife realizes that. She's, <laughs> Where are you? She's like, uh, did you know that you needed to come home? So if, if people want to get a hold of you or, or read your stuff or help with your campaign, how, how can they do that? Uh, go to trentstags.com, T-R-E-N-T-S-T-A-G-G-S. It's stags, not skags. I, I some people think Not I'm Not to scags. be confused with yeah. one of the Catholics. <laughs> but uh, TrentStags.com, and there is a Get Involved uh, link there on the main page. If you'd like to get involved, there's a Contribute. If people have the means to contribute, um, or you can reach out to me there by filling out a box very simply. That will ping me. And cool. Okay, we got, one, we got one more question for you. Uh, we we ask every guest this question. You have you've made your home Utah. You've planted your roots. You said you uh-huh. want your kids to to grow up here, and clearly you're you're trying to make some changes. Um, what's one thing that you couldn't bear to part with from Utah? 
one thing that I couldn't bear to part with. Yeah. Like if you, yeah, had, if you to had to leave the state, it would just... What would this, you miss? Yeah, what, that would be the Fry thing. sauce. <laughs> I, Crown burger. Without a doubt, I'd miss the mountains. The mountains and the canyons that we have, I think, are phenomenal. There's, I just... Anytime I fly somewhere else and I come home and I just see, boom, this huge... Uh, the, the mountain range... That without a doubt, that affords not only just a beauty in terms of looking at that all the time, and I've got great mountain views from Riverton where I'm, yeah. I'm looking straight mm-hmm. at these, uh, but just the recreational opportunities that we have here, we just don't have anywhere else. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a fantastic conversation. Thank you. Thank Appreciate you. it. That's a wrap, folks. Oh, did you just hear my stomach? It was so loud. I was looking at my thumb because uh-huh. I had a board go through my finger today, and it's pretty swollen. Wait, wait, wait. You didn't Probably have a board, a board go through it. Yeah, part of the board, like a ginormous a splinter. splinter. Oh, Jesus, you didn't have a board go through it. <laughs> when you said I a board lie? go through it, I thought you meant like a board smash it. There's a difference no. between No, it went your, into my finger. There's a difference between entering your body and like smashing she your body. She said no, it didn't get I know, smashed. that's why I was questioning her like <laughs> thing. Like, You mean a nail? Listen, like, in all of this building, my finger's only been smashed one time, but... I fucking smashed I my finger closing my dresser drawer. I did drawer, bleed today. So. <laughs> I'm a, you bled today? Yeah. Did you bleed on your porch? No. Doesn't count then. Don't you make me to, bleed my own blood. You, you bleed your own fucking blood I on your porch my and you blood. stain. Maybe I did. You stain your porch with blood droplets. And That's why, no, this is what I told, this is what we're finishing on. This is what I told the American Red Cross when I had my blood taken because he's like, I'm going to put a bandaid on and you can keep it on as long as you want. And I was like, That's actually, oh, and when they pricked my little finger to figure out if my iron was okay. Uh, that's my superpower is that I just, I heal pretty quick. I coagulate quick. <laughs> I'm not sure if that says that. I coagulate. <laughs> I don't coagulate quick. Coagulate. That's why I can't donate blood. <laughs> that's why it was 85 degrees the other day outside and she's like, I'm cold. And that's why my toes are cold. Yeah. Yeah, we're sitting on the back porch. She's like, it's kind of cold to me. My blood here. is, my blood is I'm too like, thin. What? My arms are, feel my arms. Oh, man. So um, if you liked what you heard, uh, please give us a share. Um, that's actually the most helpful thing you can do is just share, whether you find it on Twitter or Instagram or, or, or Facebook. Uh, share the share the program with people that you know that you think might enjoy hearing about Utah and hearing from our guests like uh, Mr. Trent Skaggs. I was going to say Skaggs because he had just said. <laughs> he did. Yeah. So uh, Trent Staggs, the, the Riverton mayor who's running for Salt Lake County mayor. Um, uh, that's what we do every week. Um, just listen to some of the shows. Some of them are better than others. Uh, but follow us, uh, if you're not already on, uh, the things it's at TNU podcast and, uh, the website is the new com. Really simple. Uh, really awesome. Uh, Bree's giving me a symbol to stop talking because, um, I did it to her earlier and her eyes were closed. So your eyes are closed for a my second, eyes, but I wasn't fast. Enough. My eyes are perpetually closed, especially the I later. did wash you during the interview today. Later in the, later in, in the evening, I tend to like my lazy eye really kicks in because I have a really bad lazy eye and it starts. Anybody to like, who gets to see Chris in the morning gets to see both of his little pretty blue eyes open. Yep. But if you see him later in the day, you don't. They, they start to progressively get worse by about like three. They're like half closed <laughs> by, by eight o'clock at night. They're all the way closed. And I look at myself in the mirror and I don't look like my eyes are tired, but every time I see a picture of me, I look like I'm like half asleep. <laughs> So uh, I will encourage everyone listening. Also, please wear your masks. Um, don't uh, be a mask hole. Don't be a mask slacker. Don't be a mask hole. I like that. Uh, and I think that's it. Um, have um, hopefully you survive the heat. 
Uh, it's going to be hot for a little while, and uh, we'll talk to you later. <laughs>